This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today we've got a very special guest in studio. His name is Scott Reagan, a name that may be very familiar to many of you. He's a veteran songwriter, a world traveler who creates music, had a long career as an indie artist. I'm going to ask you what an indie artist is in just a minute. Okay. Has a, had a long career as an indie artist, uh, but Scott has played music on four continents. He's had a number one hit on Christian Radio and additional top 20 songs. He's received honors from the Dove Awards and the John Lennon Songwriting Contest. Well, that's that's quite a quite an introduction, but welcome, Scott. Well, thank you so much, Skip. It's great to be here. So yeah. you wanted to know what an indie artist yes, is. Sir. Okay, so that's just that's a abbreviation for independent. And okay. it means that uh, I do not work within the the record label system. Right. Which means I don't have the the support financially behind me and the whole system behind me, mm. but I also have free. Them. Yeah, and I have had two record deals, both of, both of which were, I think, disaster is probably the right word. Uh, they, <laughs> they were both not good. In the first one, the company that I signed to switched from being a Christian company to a, a company that wanted to do secular music after we had spent fifty thousand dollars making a record. Ooh. And so, yeah, so there was some there was some conflict over that. That was a difficult situation. But the the reason primarily that I chose to remain independent was because I would have control over the songs that I wanted to write yes. and record. And um and that freedom is I mean, a lot of people thrive in the regular, you know, music biz system, but I uh I like to write what I want to write. And a lot of times my publisher would, would hand songs back to me and say, can you just take some of the theology out of this? Because <laughs> yeah. nobody in Christian radio wants to hear all this stuff. And yeah. I, I wanted to write that kind Absolutely. of thing, steeped in scripture. So Absolutely. You bet. <laughs> well, I know your your latest release is Bright Hope. Is yes, that sir. right? Yeah, That's tell right. Tell us about that, how that came about. Well, um, it came about through the most difficult season of my life. Uh, the last couple of years have been just wrenching. And um, these are songs that come out of that that deep grief and and sort of desperate hope. Mm. The, the realization that the faithfulness of God is all I have to cling to. And that's, that's a realization that you only really come to embrace when everything has been sort of torn away. Mm. And so I'm grateful for that. I have learned that... Uh, that remembering the faithfulness of God is the thing that gives me the courage to be able to face whatever's ahead. Whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, let's learn a little bit more about you. Let's have you tell your story. Go back well, to where sure. you grew up and bring okay. us up to date. Well, I, I grew up in uh, the town of Redding, California, Northern California, and we were we were church people. So 
Sunday morning, Sunday evening, midweek, there'd be youth group, there'd be, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and my dad was an elder in the church. I had a great youth group, which was really crucial for me. That became my entire yep. social circle in middle school and high school. And uh, But I got to tell you, uh, throughout all those years um, in church, I remember exactly one sermon. Now, this is usually something that when I say that preachers generally are a little offended, and I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that I, uh, I'm sure that I gathered a lot of theology and spiritual formation that you know I don't specifically remember the sermons, but one sermon I do remember. And that was our very dignified pastor, Pastor Bill spoke on uh, Ephesians chapter 6 mm-hmm. and while he was talking about the armor of God he had <laughs> he had made this suit of armor out of cardboard and spray paint <laughs> and he put it over his suit as he talked about that and and I will never forget that in yeah. fact anytime I read anytime that I read Ephesians 6 I picture him, you can see him. Uh, so that one really stuck with me however in contrast I could quote you the lyrics to countless songs and hymns that we sang in church at least verse one two and four you know because back then for some reason we never sang verse three i don't know why Mm. um but i i believe that a lot of my understanding of god and my spiritual formation came from those songs and so now i'm a songwriter and a worship leader worship pastor i firmly believe that it's an incredibly important role in the church in fact the way i look at song selection for a congregation it's curation we're choosing songs we have this great responsibility to look at all the songs that are available in the hymnal or in the in the worship songs that are available and to carefully select songs that are that have good theology, that are thematically what this congregation needs to be singing and thinking about right now, because people are learning so much about God and our relationship to Him through those songs. And so, if we're careless, if we're singing songs that are empty, that's I think yeah. that's a failure, you know. Right. So, but I believe a lot of that comes from my realization that boy, as a kid, yeah. so much of what I know about the Lord comes from that. In fact, I recorded about nine or ten years ago. I recorded an album of hymns, mm-hmm. and so if I could i'd like to play just a clip from one of the songs absolutely i love the song my jesus i love thee yes uh it was written by a 16 year old brand new convert and i think the his astonishment at being forgiven by by god is is in every line of that song and so um anyway this is my jesus i love thee Well, that's great, Scott. You know, I know one quote that I have from you says that more than ever before, I'm willing, I'm writing the songs that I personally need to hear. Explain that. Well, okay, so let's let's jump forward a little bit to let, let me let me backtrack just a little bit. So after after growing up in Northern California, I moved here to Boise um, to go to Boise Bible College, and um, I wanted to I wanted to serve God with my whole life. I wanted to be educated and prepared for that. So I got a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies, and then I moved to Nashville to enter the music industry. And honestly, I believed that there would be trumpets announcing my arrival and a red carpet, and it didn't happen, which was really disappointing. But it also turned out that I learned very quickly my songs are terrible. I don't know anything about performing. All, all, all the things that you need to know to be a successful artist or songwriter in the Christian music industry, yeah, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. But I didn't realize it until I was around really talented people. Yeah. So I spent a couple of years really learning the craft of, of songwriting. And Nashville is a fantastic place to do that. So many resources, so many opportunities. Got a publishing deal, started writing professionally and co-writing with lots of other songwriters. So... 
now I'm at a stage of life where I am writing, like it's like it said, songs that I need to hear. Yeah. It's it, when I was just writing songs, trying to be clever or trying to write something that would be popular. I think those songs were kind of empty. But now I have a few more miles on me. In fact, I think this this new record, Bright Hope, is is something I could only have written in middle age. I don't think yeah. I could have written these things and understand uh, understood these things 10, 15 years ago. Sure. And so that's that's really what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to do right now. Now I I so I lived in Nashville for quite some time. And we decided, my family, to, to move back to Idaho okay. to be closer to family and, and raise our kids here. And that was a really difficult decision for me because I, I, I loved what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I wanted my family to thrive. So we moved back here, and I thought that was the death knell for a music career because, you know, I live in Emmett. And <laughs> right. it's wonderful, but it's, it's not where the music biz uh, yeah, you know, is. It's not Nashville. Much to my surprise, it was only after moving back here that I ended up with a hit song. And uh, that, it was on the radio all over the country. It actually went to number one. It stayed on the Billboard charts for nearly nine months, which is, and uh, that's a crazy length of time for yes, a song to stay yeah. on the charts. And that song was? It was I Love You, Lord, which is the old Love Maranatha yes. worship song. And yes. let's just listen to the clip, a clip of that really quick, because some people might still remember it. That was, uh, I don't know, 17 years ago or something. So yeah. let's but, do it. Yeah. All right. Well, that is wonderful, Scott. And, and uh, let's continue on now with your story and, and uh, bring us uh, up to date, up to now. Well, sure. That, uh, that little song that we just heard, yep. I never dreamed that it would open the doors that it opened. But it, it, was, it was heard on, on, on stations all over the country, and it led to incredible Opportunities, yes. partnerships with. I, I worked um, with Crew Campus Crusade for Christ for some time. I, I was a spokesman for the Jesus Film Project and became mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. friends with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with Paul Eshelman, who created the Jesus Film and unfortunately just passed away uh, very recently. Right. And in my concerts, I would talk about my overseas missions experiences in China and Tanzania and Ghana and various places around the world and encourage people to sign up for for short-term missions trips through the Jesus Film Project, which was fantastic. I also produced a radio show for the Jesus Film, which I did right here in these studios. KBXL gave me the use of the studio to produce that yes. show, and uh, which I will always be grateful for. Mm. And that was heard on over 300 stations around the country wow. for several years. So, so that little song that shouldn't have been a hit, but was, just led to so many great opportunities to serve the kingdom. And, and I eventually joined the staff of a church and had 16 really great, fruitful years of, of ministry in church. Honestly, as an artist, as a professional musician touring, I thought leading worship, I know the job. I know yeah. what the job is. You're, you're supposed to find volunteers who are really good at singing or playing or running tech. And those people help you to effectively lead worship for the congregation. That sounds like a reasonable job description. Yeah. When I began to see everything I did through the lens of discipleship, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. So when I am working with a kid who's learning to play his instrument and sing, 
it's not just about working on those skills. It's about the relationship between us and about uh, speaking truth into his life and encouraging him uh, to follow Jesus closer. And it became over time less about those guys supporting me in my ministry and me supporting them Mm. and empowering them and training them and coaching them into leadership and man that was so much more fulfilling than i ever dreamed it would be and i i slowly kind of was i saw my trajectory as pulling away from the spotlight and pushing other people into those roles and uh it turned out to be an incredibly fun and uh fulfilling thing to be a part of so i did that for for about 16 years and the last few years um the last few years have been, as I mentioned, really, really right, difficult. Right. And I, I want to be careful what I say, um, but I will say this. I have a, I have a, a son, I have a child that is, um, that is mentally ill mm-hmm. and pretty severely. And um, the, there, I know that there are folks listening right now who know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was an implosion of our, of our family in many ways. Mm-hmm. And the grief and heartache of the last few years I, I really felt shipwrecked. I felt like, you know, um, in fact, I wrote a song called After the Shipwreck. After the Shipwreck. That, and it, yeah. it says, one after another, the cannonballs came. And mm-hmm. I deliberately wrote this song as a lament. I didn't want it to, like, in fact, when I wrote for my publishing company, over and over, they always said, every Christian song needs to end in victory. And I'm not sure that's always the case. Mm-hmm. So with this song, I deliberately I'm at sea. My ship has been blown apart. I don't know if the rescue is going to come or if I'm going to see an island I can swim to. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm out here. And the only thing I know for sure is that ship is gone. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes next, it's it's something new. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I felt like that that kind of is my life. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I wrote the song. I was proud of the song. I performed it for the first time in concert at a little church in Oregon. I think it was Sweet Home, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And... Before I did the song, I I said, so folks, I just want to give you a heads up. This next song is kind of a bummer. And people laughed. And and I said, well, actually, it it really is. I I don't want to ambush anyone. If you're going through something really hard right now, this song is about grief. And it's about that feeling that the grief is so heavy that you're just going to drown. And I want you to know you are not alone. Mm -hmm. And as I did the song that night, I was looking out at the crowd and my thought was, maybe I shouldn't do this song anymore because people are really responding. Maybe this is irresponsible of me to do it because people are, there were people just weeping. There was a whole family in one row in front of me, hanging on to each other, crying. And, and I literally thought, I think I better not do this again. This was a bad idea. Um, and I followed that with a song about hope and about the faithfulness of God. And that's where we find our our, our courage and our, our strength to continue trusting him and continue living. Um, is that Shadowlands? No, actually, it was a song called Bound to Come Some Trouble by Rich okay. Mullins. I don't know if you know who Rich Mullins was. Yeah. But that song, that Bound to Come Some Trouble song, I'm a lyric guy. And so I, I, I don't know if it's irritating to be around someone like me who's always quoting lyrics. But that song, Bound to Come Some Trouble, which is also on the Bright Hope record. It says, people say maybe things will get better. Maybe it won't be long. Maybe you'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be gone. But I only know that maybe just ain't enough when you need something to hold on. Mm. And there's only one thing that's clear. There's bound to come some trouble, but reach out to Jesus. He's been there before and he knows what it's like and you'll find he's there. And I find that that is the comfort that I need in my life. Not that Jesus did not say in this world, you will have trouble, but it's okay. I'm going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. He said in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. 
I have overcome the world. Our our hope is not in God saying, I'm going to make it all better and everything's going to be okay. I'm going to fix all your problems. It is, I'm going to be with you. Yeah. And that's powerful. So I that night, I did that song. I was worried that maybe it was in ambush on some people who were going through some grief. But that evening, I talked with people for three hours or more, one after another, who had some story of grief and struggling to figure out how to get past it or how to like one lady the the very last person i talked with i i will confess that the, the everybody was gone except this lady and she's standing there at my cd table looking at things and i'm thinking oh please let me go home and go to bed i'm so tired and and she's just poking around and finally she looks around and turns to me and collapses into my arms weeping and she said i'm i'm a grandmother and i have this daughter the granddaughter who is a drug addict mm-hmm. and i'm afraid to tell anyone in the church because I, I feel like I'm going to be judged. And um, so we had a long conversation about that. And I, I felt like, you know, just cracking the door open a little bit on my own grief. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't ask for this to be my ministry now, you well. know, but I feel like it's like when someone I can think, I can think of somebody who lost his, his wife years ago and, now he runs a grief share ministry at a church. No one is better equipped than someone like him to do yeah. that because he has real empathy and real experience with that kind of heartache and sorrow. So I feel like I am now at a stage in my ministry and in my music where if I can be honest and vulnerable, as hard as that is in a lot of ways, that that gives permission to people to open up yeah. and, and talk about yeah. what they're going through yeah oh that's awesome yeah that's that's terrific so so that song is after the shipwreck yeah and i i didn't come prepared to play that one that's but okay. it's, no, it is people on people can look that up well my music listen. is available on my website scottriggan.com but also it's on spotify and amazon and kind of everywhere that people listen right. to music now right. you know it's funny because now cds are not everyone even knows what those are anymore <laughs> you know yeah. uh, most cars don't come with a cd player uh but we uh, we all pay for access to all the music that's ever been produced as opposed to having my own little collection of mm-hmm. you know of a handful of records or cassettes or cds or whatever but my music's out there everywhere so yes. people can find that anywhere they like com. yes sir yeah, yeah. Well, that's great yeah well, looks, it sounds to me like a lot of your music now is looking backward. Would that be an accurate description? Oh, I'm so glad that you put it that way because yes and no. Bright Hope, the, the right. album right. that has just been released a week ago, the song, the title song was written, uh, I, 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 it's about looking forward to, it's nighttime right now, but I believe that the sun, which faithfully comes up every morning, it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. I can trust it. Yeah. It's a metaphor for the faithfulness of God. And I wrote that because I've, I was leading worship for a conference and um, I came home just really blessed, but I also came home with COVID, which was less of a blessing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so I was really sick. And yeah. uh, several days into my recovery, I was feeling better, but I was still spending most of my time in bed and not feeling well at all. And I had this experience that is really rare for me. I, I, I don't, I think some people assume that songwriters just are suddenly inspired and songs come out. Mm -hmm. And that's never been my experience. Well, this particular day, I suddenly knew I have to get to the piano. 
and I don't know what's, I don't have a specific idea. I don't know what. So I sat down at the piano and I'm just kind of playing, just noodling around on the piano and thinking. And I remembered during that conference, I led the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yes. And the last verse in that song says, um, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Yep. And I thought, you know, what a great way to phrase that bright hope. Yeah. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And as I was just playing, the song pretty much just emerged. I I, I never write a song in one sitting, and that one almost completely came out that day. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to light, you know, I had to go lie down to recover a little bit, and then go <laughs> right, back to the yeah. the piano because I was just, you know, I was uh, mentally beat, totally beat. Yeah. But but that song is entirely about. The mercies of God are new every morning, and and I'm I'm trusting that that sunrise is coming, and the the chorus says, "I believe, I've never been so desperate to believe." Yeah. Here in the dark, your light is flooding through my soul with strength for today and bright hope. And in fact, my my favorite verse says, verse three of the song, "How to forgive what I can't forget." Mm. That is a skill that I have not acquired yet. Yeah. But this bitterness will surely poison me. Mm. Lord, give me the strength or give me the grace right. to just surrender to your peace. And that's that's kind of an yep. encapsulation of where I'm living in my life mm-hmm. right now. I'd, I'd love to, to share a little bit of that song with folks. Um, yeah, Bright Hope from the new record, Bright Hope. Let's take a listen. Well, Scott, we've got a, a couple minutes left, and, and uh, what, what else is on your heart that you'd maybe like to share with the listeners today? Well, I just, I just keep thinking about the, the faithfulness of God. I, I, you look at the Old Testament, and it seems like every time you turn around, God's people are gathering up a bunch of stones and building a monument, building a memorial to whatever God has just done, some miraculous thing. Like when they cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, God tells them to gather up 12 stones from the that dry riverbed and create a monument and you're going to tell your children and your children's children the story of what what god has done today that has become a practice not physically stacking up stones but marking and paying attention to the times that god has done things in my life and i said this earlier that's what gives me the courage to continue to Mm -hmm. to trust him because without that i've been at points in my life where where i have sort of spun out and thought, God, where are you? And are you, mm. and if I can just remember, he's always been faithful, right? He's always been faithful. Okay. Well then I can, I can settle down and, and face the future and, and continue to trust him. And mm. without that, without that history, without that, that, you know, those memorials, those stacks of stones in my life, um, I'm much less likely to have that courage mm-hmm. um, to, to continue trusting him yeah. Yeah. and life today. I mean, uh, everybody is facing, Oh, sure. so many hard things if if and that's one of the reasons why i think we do need to gather corporately and and worship and study the word and have fellowship in the church i think a lot of folks believe that that you know you can be a christian absolutely and not attend not gather with a congregation but i think you miss so yeah. much of what helps build us up and mature us and strengthen us absolutely. by avoiding that yeah 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 we need the body 
Absolutely. Well, Scott, this has been very informative and sure appreciate you sharing your heart and when, where you're at right now in life. And I know God's got some big, big things ahead for you. So we really appreciate you coming in today and, and, and sharing and uh, want to wish you nothing but the best. So God bless you, Scott, as your, as your ministry continues. Well, thank you so much, Skip. It's been really a pleasure to be here and to get to talk with you. ScottReagan.com. Go there, check out these uh, these songs, and if you want to get a hold of Scott, I'm sure there's a number or something attached there. Absolutely. They can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, again, Scott, God bless you. Thank you so much, Skip. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust and Zero Edge Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.